0: A leaked draft opinion from the Supreme Court appears to show that Roe v. Wade may be overturned. And as you would expect, the left is absolutely losing their minds. We will break down all things SCOTUS, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and uh, it is it's going to be a big one today, guys. Uh, I have some other guests joining me at the table later on in the program, but uh, I wanted to get some one on one time with our good friend, Josh Hammer, who is the opinion editor over at Newsweek. Uh, Josh, you are I, I like to just call you the News and Why It Matters judicial expert and SCOTUS expert, and you were the first person that I thought of last night as we heard all of this breaking news. Politico published a uh, report that according to a leaked draft majority opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito uh, that the Supreme Court as of, you know, of course, nothing is locked in until they publish the final opinion. But uh, as of the time that the draft was written, it, it appeared to show that the court would be overturning uh, Roe v. Wade and uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Uh, he says, Alito says, in his opinion, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled, and uh, it is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. Um, Josh, look, I, I, I attempted to read the full opinion. Uh, there were parts of it that I absolutely understood, and then, of course, parts of it only you know lawyers and very smart people such as yourself uh, can, can really understand. So I, I want you, Josh, I want you to explain to the viewers uh, just kind of uh, Alito's entire, just a summary of this opinion.
1: Sure, yeah. So first of all, obviously, what happened here is literally unprecedented. There mm-hmm. is no precedent whatsoever for what has transpired in this case. Good for the Chief Justice for formally condemning it and kind of getting the marshal of the Supreme Court tasked on this. Hopefully, we eventually have justice for the leaker, whoever he or she is. And hopefully, we'll find out soon who the leaker is in the first place. I do predict we'll find out soon. But to your question, Sarah, on the actual opinion itself, I'll be honest with you. It is a much more powerful majority opinion than I thought that we were going to get out of this case back after all our argument back in December. You know, look, I followed abortion litigation for many years. I've been a pro-life activist for many years. I have been I have been learned to be hurt and to not rely upon <laughs> judges when it comes to this particular area of the jurisprudential bucket. So back in December, I predicted that the chief justice would be able to successfully peel at least one of either Barrett or Kavanaugh, possibly two of them, to get someone of a kind of a mealy-mouthed opinion that might actually find a way to try to uphold the Mississippi statute here, which is a 15-week gestational abortion ban while not touching Roe versus Casey, kind of pulled aside that that's intellectually indefensible. I kind of thought he would find a way to do it anyway. That's not what happened here. Uh, what, what, I mean, what Sam Lino wrote is a powerful, forceful, well-researched, well-cited opinion condemning roe versus wade and planned parent versus casey in unambiguous terms said they were egregiously wrong from day one said the planned parent versus casey which was the case in 1992 19 years after roe versus wade in 73 just Alito says that Casey tried to fix the issue, in reality only made it worse. He condemns the abortion regime in general. We are now 49 years post Roe versus Wade. If anything, this issue is only more divisive now. It has inflamed more passions. And it's just an unequivocal assault on the legal and constitutional foundations, which are of course remarkably shaky, upon which Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey rely. It is it is, a, is realistically speaking as good an opinion, I think, as we could have hoped for under the circumstances.
0: Yeah. Uh- uh, you know, it's interesting because uh, Ro- Roe v. Wade, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of that decision specifically uh, was built on the, the 14th Amendment and the right to due process and the right to privacy. Um, and it just when you go back and read it, it, it just is such a weak argument, is it not?
1: Yeah, I I mean, look, John Hart Eli, who taught constitutional law at Harvard Law School for years. He himself was a political liberal, a proponent of abortion rights, a matter of policy. He famously once said that Roe versus law is not constitutional law and does not pretend to be constitutional law. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg Mm -hmm. earlier in her career, Justice Ginsburg, of course, was an ACLU lawyer, trailblazing feminist icon. She even said that Roe versus Wade did not rest on solid foundation. And jurisprudentially speaking, what the court tried to do in Roe versus Wade is you have to go back eight years prior to the case Griswold versus Connecticut in 1965, where the court purported to find a so-called right to privacy. And they did so, literally speaking, out of the uh, numbers of the premonitions of the Bill of Rights, which is a very fancy or lawyerly way of saying we're making this crap up. It is mm-hmm. literally not in there. And they took that right to privacy and then eight years later extended it, of course, to this purported right to abort your unborn child in the womb. Look, I went to a a, a very good law school. I had, I had very intelligent liberal classmates there. I had very, very few classmates who would openly defend Roe versus Wade on the alleged constitutional merits. I, I, at best, what they would say is stare decisis. Mm-hmm. It's been decades Since then, it is well ingrained in our culture and so forth, our lifestyles, the ability to abort and so forth. But very few people are willing to actually go so far as to actually defend the egregious substantive due process constitutional decision of Roe v. Wade.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that you brought up "stare decisis" because that was actually where I was going to go next. Because I know that we, when when we were talking about this Mississippi case, whenever uh, the court was was listening to uh, this case, it that seemed to be the argument of the liberal judges, which is just like "stare decisis." We can't ever we can't ever revisit a decision that the court has made, and it, it just seems so preposterous to me the idea that because you are appointed to the Supreme Court, you must not ever make a mistake. Therefore, we should just take all every single decision that has ever been made and we're not allowed to relook at anything.
1: So one of the most powerful things that Alito does in this opinion, and it really is a quite good opinion, is he devotes, if I recall correctly, it's two full pages to what lawyers would call a string cite, It's where you just cite case after case after case after case to prove a single proposition. And the string cite that Alito has this majority opinion is he cites to a lot of cases that overruled a court's precedent, and he kind of ironically does so that if you actually look at the cases he's citing, the policy that resulted as a result of kind of the overruling actually redounded to liberals' interests. So he's showing there that stare decisis can obviously cut both ways. Mm-hmm. But to your point, Sarah, the fundamental question here, I actually, I, I, I wrote a long essay on the question of stare decisis for national affairs, which is kind of a quarterly journal, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe a year and a half ago or so. The fundamental question when it gets to the question of stare decisis is, think about the oath that a judge or a senator or someone in Article 2 in the executive branch takes. That oath is to the Constitution of the United States. That oath is not taken to a bare 5-4 majority of the Constitution as someone might have misinterpreted over the years. If you think about, fundamentally speaking, what the nature of an oath is, it is an oath to the document and what the document means. It is not an oath, obviously, to this notion of of precedence. But obviously the left is going to freak out about this, Sarah. But look, I mean... Did the left want Plessy versus Ferguson to stay on the books? Right, I mean, right. Plessy was overruled in Brown versus Board. I mean, we overturn terrible precedent all the time, all the time.
0: Yeah. Um, so I want to I want to get back to the fact that this was leaked, which you mentioned uh, at the beginning, completely unprecedented. Um, are there is that is it. Technically illegal? Do we know? Like, can can this person be brought up on charges once they are uh, once they are found out? Which I agree with you. I think that they will be uh, if Chief Justice Roberts does his job and his due diligence. I feel like there's no way that they can't figure out how this came out. But um, it, what what could be potential legal consequences for this person?
1: So I've seen mixed reviews on that. I mean, I've actually seen pretty well-informed people on Twitter who have tried to kind of cite a, a a federal statute that might kind of indicate that a crime was committed but A lot of people are saying that this wasn't actually a hard crime. So I don't know, actually. I I think we'll kind of have to see, obviously, where federal prosecutors go from there. I personally would not put my eggs in the basket of the Joe Biden FBI or or the (laughs) DOJ more generally to try to get to the bottom of this. So I think the remedy will have to come probably more informally than legally formally through the the prosecutorial process. I hope I'm wrong, obviously. I would like to think that what happened here is a crime and maybe there'll be an innovative federal prosecutor who'll get to the bottom of this. I just wouldn't put my eggs in that basket. But yeah, I do think that we're going to find out relatively soon. I mean, the sample size of people who this could plausibly be is very small. Mm -hmm. So we have eight associate justices who each have four clerks. So that's 32 clerks. The chief has five. That's 37 plus the nine justices, gets you to a total of 46 people. Mm. Now it's possible that like a clerk very sloppily printed this out and left it lying at the kitchen table at home and a a husband or wife found it laying around. But realistically speaking, we're looking at 46 possible people. So if this is even a remotely competent investigation, we probably will find out. My best guess as to what happened here, Again, you know, this is not a particularly novel insight. A lot of people are making this similar observation. It probably did come from Sotomayor's chambers, Justice Sonia Sotomayor, who, of course, is the most far-left partisan hack on the current court. If You kind of listen to her questions at the Dobbs oral argument back from December. They were right at like the Democratic National Committee playbook. You know, she lionized abortion rights. Like a lot of the far left, you know, the term that I have used, I mean, they literally view abortion as, like, their pagan sacrament. Mm -hmm. They love it. It's really kind of creepy, to be honest with you. So my best guess is that it's probably one of her Clerks, maybe with the justice authorization, maybe the clerk went rogue. And once that clerk's identity is un- uncovered, he or she will be disbarred. At a bare minimum, there is no way that you can get out of the situation without losing your license to practice law. However, if you think about it from that person's perspective, let's say it is a liberal law clerk, a Sotomayor clerk, maybe a Kagan clerk. You know, the incentive is basically, okay, so you get to write an anonymous New York Times Mm op-ed in most likelihood, right? Then you'll self-dox, you'll literally self-dox your way into a book deal, and from there, you're a hero. You get on MSNBC, you get kind of like a a, a legal professor gig maybe at a top 10, top 15 liberal law school. So I would like to think this person would be completely excised from polite society, but look, (laughs) the reaction that we saw last night, I mean, people kind of openly celebrating what happened here, so I don't know.
0: Uh, I want to give you one last question, Josh, which is what about what happens to the trust that has clearly been eroded when you talk about this document being leaked? What happens now with the Supreme Court and how are they going to be able to trust that they can circulate all of these draft opinions with one another and it's not going to be leaked uh, in order to pressure uh, other justices to change their opinions or perhaps, you know, give them death threats?
1: The short answer is, for the short term at least, they can't. Yeah, I mean, the integrity of the institution has now been dealt a crippling blow. Now, if the Chief Justice wanted to come out and really come swinging today, what he could have theoretically said was literally everyone here is fired. He's not gonna do that, obviously, because they still have a lot of opinions to release that justices need help. On a personal level, I wouldn't even necessarily want that because some of my close friends happen to be up there this, this term. And it obviously is a way over-inclusive remedy. But I mean, that would at least would have kind of sent a signal that this just can never, ever, ever happen again so look for the short term i mean the the institutional integrity of the court has been dramatically undermined and that's the irony here by the way is that because chief justice john roberts if there is one thing time and again that we have seen that he cares about is not necessarily kind of the intricacies of the constitutional law doctrine or whatever he cares about the perceived public integrity of the court and the, the irony is that now that, that has been dealt a crippling blow and the onus is squarely on him to remedy the situation. So, look, if he has not already kind of asked the FBI or some other maybe federal institution to help the marshal of the Supreme Court, by the way, who is the marshal of the Supreme Court? I mean, it's the first time we're hearing of the marshal in a long time. Apparently, the marshal is going to lead this investigation. I would like to think that someone will be helping the marshal. This is a really big deal, obviously. But the court's integrity has taken a massive blow right here, and this leaker obviously knew that. So it is just a deeply, deeply, deeply destructive day, really for all people, honestly, who love the Constitution, who love the separation of powers, who love the idea of Marbury versus Madison and an independent judiciary. It's a really unfortunate day, honestly.
0: Okay, so, Josh, I I told you that that was my last question, but I lied because I'm going to piggyback off of that last one, which is so now that all of that has been done, the damage has already been done. Should they go ahead and just release this and be done with it or should they hang on to it until potentially June?
1: I don't think they have a choice. Uh, I'm mildly surprised the opinion is not literally out already, actually. Yeah. Um in, in fact, I think there's a good likelihood it'll now be released by the end of this week, maybe Monday at the earliest. What the court could do is they could release kind of like a a, a one sentence statement saying, um, you know, we overrule the Fifth Circuit, which was which was the Dobbs court that ha- heard the appeal below. And we hold that Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey are overruled. Opinions will follow. They could do that. Or they could, you know, if, if they if they have the votes, they could just release the full opinion and, and then the, the dissents will come out when the dissents will come out, right? The Chief Justice does not seem to have made up his mind if mm-hmm. you kind of take the political report seriously. He doesn't seem to know what he's gonna do yet. Yeah. So that might be part of the holdup here, ironically, because the Chief is responsible for all this and it's ultimately kind of his head that's on the line here. But I would, I would guess that they would get the opinion out soon because for the very simple reason, Sarah, what this leaker has done, just, you know, in addition to all the violations of the norms, the integrity, he or she has literally put, especially Justice Barrett and Justice Kavanaugh, he or she has jeopardized their lives. Yeah. Like, really put them in serious, serious physical danger right now. They've effectively kind of sicked the Antifa mobs, told them to go to their house. That's what this amounts to, right? That's my, that's my reading of the situation, at least. Very dangerous stuff. So for their own safety alone, I would say they've got to get this thing out there basically immediately.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I could not agree more. Josh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to join us today and uh, smart explain it to me. I appreciate Anytime, it. Anytime, Sarah. You- Uh, All right, so we've obviously got more to dive into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Raycon. So moms, all right, they're one of the few people in our lives who still, I don't know, like leave voicemails on our phone or call us just to say hi, make sure that we have everything we need. My mom, when she comes over, she like brings groceries and and cooks and cleans, and I love it. So uh, this Mother's Day, you got to make that next mom call extra special. Spoil your mom with the gift of quality premium wireless audio. This is courtesy of, of course, Raycon. Raycon wireless earbuds are a must-have for super moms, you know, all those masters of multitasking who need to keep their hands free, which, as you know, if you are a mom, it is essential that you keep your hands free and not just your hands free, but make sure there's no wire dangling here that the kids can pull and pull and pull, because they'll do that. So you need these. They're user-friendly for moms who are just, maybe just switching to wireless earbuds. Very, very easy to set up. I use mine all the time. Seamless Bluetooth pairing. They come in a bunch of really fun color options for those of you who like to get a little funky with your colors. Uh, With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable and they're not going to budge. They don't have the dumb stems that come out that like weigh your ear down. They fit all the way in your ear. Raycon offers eight hours of playtime, a 32-hour battery life with their compact portable charging case and you're going to get this at like half the price of other premium audio brands. Like I said, I I, as you guys know if you're watching this program I am a very busy mom. I could not live without my Raycons. They keep me connected. They make sure that I am listening to all of these uh, news stories so that I know what to deliver to you guys your audience tell mom how much you love her and make sure she hears it in crystal clear audio quality with Raycon you can go to buyraycon.com slash y to get 15% off of your Mother's Day order that is at B-U-Y buyraycon.com slash y We are now joined by in-studio guests. We are joined by Stubergear, of of course, host of Stu Does America, which you can find on Blaze TV, also on YouTube, so make sure that you are subscribed, Uh, as well as John Doyle, Blaze TV contributor, and of course, host of Heck Off Commie, which you should also be subscribed to. Uh, Both of you gentlemen, Staunch pro-life advocates. So this will be a, a really fun show. Um, I obviously just spoke with Josh Hammer about uh, the kind of the, the behind-the-scenes feel of the Supreme Court, uh, this this leaked opinion, and both on the opinion and what was written in it, but also uh, the fact that it was leaked and what kind of ramifications this could have, not just legally, but also just on the the erosion of trust within the Supreme Court and the justices themselves. Uh, Supreme Court Chief Justice is directing the marshal, as Josh alluded to, uh, to investigate this leak and he called out the egregious breach of trust. He said, he released the statement, Chief Justice Roberts, to the extent this betrayal of the confidences of the court was intended to undermine the integrity of our operations, it will not succeed. The work of the court will not be affected in any way. We at the court are blessed to have a workforce, permanent employees and law clerks alike, intensely loyal to the institution and dedicated to the rule of law. Court employees have an exemplary and important tradition of respecting the confidentiality of the judicial process and upholding the trust of the court. This was a singular and egregious breach of that trust that is an affront to the court and the community of public servants who work here. I have directed the marshal of the court to launch an investigation into the source of this leak. Um, Josh mentioned the uh, just the ramifications of like there's now there's zero trust. And what does that mean? for the supreme court and their day-to-day operations what say you?
2: I don't know what it means to the I, mean, I would assume the lack of trust is something that's we you know we're seeing all over society and it's probably getting going to get a lot worse there. You know they had this sort of fakey I don't know. I guess it was real with some of them, you know, the, the left and the right coming together and having this nice relationship on the Supreme Court. And it was a nice little warming uh, is human interest story at the end of a news broadcast, how, you know, Scalia and, and Ginsburg would go out and they'd laugh and they'd have, have lunch together and you know, all that's great. It, it seems like it's gone away and is, is is dead. And, I you know, I don't necessarily know that that's a terrible thing. I, I think uh they really do disagree, and you know maybe being chummy chummy has led to a bunch of bad rulings. Instead of focusing on the Constitution, they're worried about offending friends. It's okay if they don't like each other. Honestly, um, it should not be a situation where, where these leaks are affecting the way this comes out. Though I mean, you know that's obviously bad. But I think if you step back from the leak part of it, which is going to develop over the next you know few months, you have to step back and say this is an amazing thing. If this holds, which I'm still not ready to count one chicken before it I hatches. I uh, I never thought I'd see this day, honestly, that it would be overturned. I mean, we it would be a really crappy show if every day we came on here and talked exclusively about abortion, but it would be morally justified, yeah. I think, um, as the only thing we ever talked about. I mean, 63 million people have been aborted in this country since uh, Roe versus Wade legally. 63 million people that should be alive that aren't. And, you know, that a lot of people always say, oh, that, the next Einstein could be in that, you know, that batch. It's very true. Also, some crappy waiter at Chili's that screws up your order is in there. And they deserve the right to live, too. Everybody does. Everybody deserves a chance. And this goes you know, across the spectrum. And today we take, I think, a step, not the full leap, but a step back towards sanity when it comes to this process. I do think eventually our society will look back at this era completely perplexed as we are perplexed about slavery and other sins that have happened throughout human history. It is one of the worst things that humanity has ever done to other humans. Um, And I think eventually we look back at it that way. It's going to take a long time, though. It's not going to happen with the law change. It's not going to happen with the Supreme Court ruling. It's only going to happen with decades and maybe centuries of convincing people that this is as horrific as it really is. Eventually, I think people realize it. I don't know that we'll ever see that happen. uh, But eventually, I do think it gets to that point.
0: Yeah, the left has done a really good job, I think, of bringing that point out themselves with as far as they're willing to go on abortion up until and sometimes including after birth. Right. Uh, and, you know, the partial birth abortions and they're just not willing to put any limits on this. I think they, they really kind of make the argument for us.
3: Yeah. And. It's always the conservatives I see sharing the posts like he mentioned with like, oh, you know, Ginsburg would still go hang out with Scalia and they were buddies. And it's like, we're really nostalgic for a country that no longer exists, where like you could have your next door neighbor who would have, you know, the, the yard sign advertising the opposing political candidate, but you would still attend the same barbecue, or attend the same church. That America has gone. And there's no trend to suggest that it's coming back anytime soon. And this probably should be the final wake up call for conservatives, if not already the fact that these people are willing to take to the streets to advocate for the genocide of the born, that they are now willing to advocate implicitly for the death of people who would make that decision uh, at the the announcement that it could internally um, be decided that that's no longer going to be the case. And it's not even like we're banning it at the federal level. Like Roe v. Wade literally just says that, you know, you can't ban it, but it would just go back to the states to decide. And uh, it's not like it would be a federal ban on it, which it should be actually. And I do kind of enjoy, even though, like he said as well, I'm not ready to celebrate yet because a lot of people are taking this and thinking that it means that all of a sudden, like Roe v. Wade has been overturned. But I do really enjoy seeing it when terrible people are melting down. And I do really enjoy <laughs> letting them know that this isn't even something that, like, we're taking from them. We're just getting back to normal. And we're going to have a very long, well, maybe me, maybe not so much you guys, a very long <laughs> life of taking <laughs> back many institutions and things from these people so that they're going to be miserable. Are you suggesting we're going to be dead soon because we're so old? Is well. that what you, is that what you
0: <laughs> they did, just I suggested?
3: Did. I mean, jeez, man.
2: I, I mean, yeah. I know we're older, but uh, not that much older. I've got a few attacked. years
0: left. I feel very attacked jeez. right now. Thanks a lot, John. I've, I've enjoyed your last, your last time on the program. <laughs>
3: <laughs> See, and you've said, you're you just like a politician. All talk and no action. you said that like four times.
0: Well, I'm, okay, so you bring up a great point because... <laughs> that's, uh, why,
3: that's why I can come back on the show. <laughs> <There you
0: go. laughs> Every once in a while, he has a good point, okay? Uh, the left is celebrating the leak of this. Uh, you know, they're talking, a legal journalist, Ian Millhiser, seriously shout out to whoever the hero was within the Supreme Court who said, "Eff it, let's burn this place down. Brian Fallon worked for the Clinton campaign. Is a brave clerk taking this unprecedented step of leaking a draft opinion to warn the country what's coming in a last-ditch Hail Mary attempt to see if the public response might cause the court to reconsider, which, by the way, is just a subtle way of saying maybe the death threats will get these justices to change their mind. That's really classy. Uh, Jay Willis Editor of a progressive outlet covering the law, shout out whichever clerk for a liberal justice said, F this BS and sent Politico a PDF. More of this, please. These people are not playing by the same rules that they expect you to play by. And by the way, you continue playing by. It like let's just let's just get that out of the way right now. Like they don't care about all of these. Uh, Josh Josh mentioned something that I thought was so was was right on, which was. It's so ironic that Chief Justice Roberts does so much to try to maintain the, the integrity of this particular, I mean, you, you've covered extensively the, the backroom deals he seemingly made with Obamacare. Mm-hmm. Trying to, like, he's, he's not operating under is this constitutional, he just wants to maintain like friendliness and public integrity and stuff like that. It's like the, these people who we're dealing with don't care about that at all. No. They just want what they want.
2: I agree. Uh, and this is an, a blatant attempt, I think, from someone on the left uh, that has access to these documents to put pressure on. Yes. Uh, you know, and it's not even just I think the death threats are part of it. And I think that's real. Uh, and honestly, it's not even the threats I'm worried about. I'm worried about something actually bad happening yes. to these people. I mean, I, we can't spend enough security to guard these people's lives uh, here for the next uh, for the next uh, until this thing comes out, at least. And I know Josh said it's going to come out, he thinks, pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that's the case. Um you know, but it's also just reputational pressure, right? Like, you know, the the, the Roberts stuff, and thankfully he's not needed yeah. uh, for this particular uh, ruling, right. um, but, yeah. you know, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, but he's totally movable on this. And honestly, I don't know if Kavanaugh could, I, Kavanaugh could flake with enough pressure. I, he's already I totally shown. I you know, I think Amy Coney Barrett and Gorsuch are solid. I know Alito and, and Thomas are. So I, I think this will hold, but you know, you put enough pressure on somebody, uh, you never know what's going to happen. And this idea that this could come out and, and 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 just push these people to want to change their mind is still a possibility. The longer this drags on, yeah, the more of a chance it is that somebody flakes. And that's why I am really I would I hope Josh is right. Give the one sentence statement. Let them come out with their dissents later. You know, I, whatever it is get it out there because it needs to be uh, released before these these people get behind their closed doors and and get the death threats and get harassed at the grocery store and decide to come up with some magical new constitutional right that isn't written down yeah. it could very well happen
0: yeah um, all right I want to get to lawmakers responses to this uh, draft opinion being leaked first we want to thank our sponsor Home title lock so uh, look you if you consider yourself lucky if you don't know what home title theft is because that means that it hasn't happened to you uh, so a cyber criminal can actually, go online where all of everything is kept really but uh, your home's title everything is kept online these days so they can go online they can forge your name off the title of your home and then take over as the new owner and uh, you don't get all that all that nest egg that you're building all of that equity that you're building in your home that retirement nest egg could be gone like that and you don't get it back by the way this crime is growing faster than credit card fraud Uh, and you're not going to be covered by homeowners insurance or common identity theft programs but home title Title Lock will protect you. They will put a barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect anyone tampering with it, they will mobilize to help shut it down. So you got to go to HomeTitleLock.com. Read the testimonials from government officials and FBI agents. Number two, register your home to see if you're already a victim and don't even know it. And uh, by the way, when you're doing that, tell them Sarah Gonzalez sent you to get my listener discount. That is HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. Joe Biden earlier this morning issued a statement outlining his administration's response to this particular report. He said, we do not know whether this draft is genuine or whether it reflects the final decision of the court, although Chief Justice Roberts has already since then come out and said, yeah, actually, it is. This is genuine. Uh, With that critical caveat, I want to be clear on three points about the cases before the Supreme Court. Uh, My administration argued strongly before the court in defense of Roe v. Wade. We said that Roe is based on a long line of precedent, recognizing the 14th. Amendment's concept of personal liberty. This is really cute from a guy who just wanted to forcibly inject you with a vaccine. Uh, I believe that a woman's right to choose is fundamental. Roe has been the law of the land for almost 50 years, and basic fairness and stability of our law demand that it not be overturned. Uh, He also stated that he called upon the White House Gender Policy Council to, quote, prepare options. If this ruling actually does come down, which is, I think, very transphobic because I'm told that men can have babies, too. So I don't know why the Gender Policy Council would need to touch this at all. Uh, He also said that if if this holds, that this would be a radical decision from the Supreme Court. It's really weird that now it's radical uh, to. uh, Think of the concept that, like, maybe babies should not be killed in the womb. Here are some uh, responses from lawmakers. We've got Eric Swalwell, who says the Republicans won't stop with banning abortion. They want to ban interracial marriage. Do you want to save that? Well, then you should probably vote. I, I'm unclear what interracial marriage is has to do with abortion. I'm very confused. Uh, Bernie Sanders said Congress must pass legislation that codifies Roe v. Wade as the law of the land in this country now, and if there aren't 60 votes in the Senate to do it, and there are not, we must end the filibuster to pass it with 50 votes willing to ri- uh, to risk nuking the filibuster for this, just for, just for killing babies. They're really big fans over there of killing babies. Ilhan Omar, Overturning Roe would put the lives of women across the country at risk. It would fly in the face of decades of precedent and the overwhelming majority of public opinion. And they will not stop here. Expand the court. I guess that she also thinks that we should still have slavery as well, since that was also precedent and uh, popular at one point in time. Ilhan Omar also said Congress must also abolish the filibuster and pass the Women's Health Protection Act to codify Roe v. Wade into law. Rashida Tlaib says this will endanger the very people who need access to legal abortion. The Senate must pass. The the House legislation to codify Roe, abolish the filibuster, and expand SCOTUS safe abortions are still legal, and we must keep it that way. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I've got I've got all of these. Iona Abor- Presley, abortion care is a fundamental human right, and we must, must legislate like it.
3: Those women, by the way, are the reason that we're gonna ban interracial marriage too. Because I'm pretty sure those are the women. Those are the women who are like all you know dating white guys and marrying white guys. And so, just to spite them, we're just gonna, <laughs> we're gonna take it that far as well.
0: I mean, I just it's just incredible to me that like they've made killing babies, killing innocent human life, their entire personality and identity.
2: It's true. Um, I mean, to be fair to Eric Swalwell, if it wasn't for abortion, how many children of Chinese spies would you have <laughs> running around his little house? That's um, <laughs> That would be very, very, very sad. Uh, you know, you're right. It, it is their entire identity. Right. Um, Bernie Sanders it, proposes an actual path forward, as many of them jumped on the same bandwagon, where they want to try to slip this through when they still have control, basically pass a, a federal law that uh, that would make. Abortion guaranteed in every state which they could again under this construct do and I, I don't like uh, they don't really have a lot that I don't think they actually have the power to do this but they will attempt it and I, I totally agree with you on uh, the this is this is a win in the it's a step in the right direction. It is not what our goal should right. be. Our goal should not be, "Hey, you guys over in California can kill as many kids as you want." Right. I mean, that's not a goal. Right. right? That's just a minor step in the right direction. And of course, these states will do all sorts of crazy things. They will they will fly people in. They're mm-hmm. already talking about it. Amazon's going to pay four thousand dollars for every employee that wants to get an abortion to fly them across state lines. There's all sorts of issues that could come down from from this, um, but. It goes to this level now where we still are vulnerable here, even if this again, this hasn't even gone through yet. I keep bringing that disclaimer up because I'm driving me crazy. I'm (laughs) I'm I'm in panic over it. Uh, But, you know, look, the the bottom line is, if this goes through, they can still pass a law uh, that will uh, at least hold for a couple of years, because until Republicans had control of the Senate, the House and the presidency, you would not be able to overturn it. Uh, so it, Bernie Sanders wants them to get rid of the filibuster to pass a law federally. Um, you know, so far we've seen uh, encouraging comments from Mansion and Cinema that they want to hold the line on the filibuster. I hope that's true. I, would I be completely stunned to see Murkowski and Collins decide, "Hey, we're pro, li- uh, we're pro-choice, and we were lied to by these justices, as they seem to be indicating that they were." Uh, and or misled by them. Mm. And would they could they cross we the line? We were misled
0: by uh, those representatives when they uh, identified as a Republican. <laughs>
2: That's true. So. That's true. Well, they can identify however they <laughs> wish on any <laughs> given day, point. of course. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I don't think we're out of the I mean, there's still a lot to go here. But I, this approach, this is driving them crazy. Yeah. This is their entire identity. It's everything they believe in. For, I, and I will honestly never understand it. I will never understand how you could tie your identity so closely up with just the idea of additional children being born being so offensive to you. I, it's, it's remarkable to me. I, I mean, I don't. I get how some issues are divisive. I can understand why the minimum wage is divisive or tax rates are divisive. I get why you'd fight on that. And I, and I can understand how there's disagreement on it, even though I think the case is clear on both of those issues. This is like all I'm arguing for is I want kids born like it's not. How did that get to be the hateful side of the debate? We we prefer the racist side of the debate, as so many of your of your tweets, uh, you know, uh, accused us of like if it were up to us, tens of millions of African-Americans would be alive that are not currently alive because of your point of view. Right. If you implement our view, tens of millions of African-Americans will be born. If we implement yours, they will not. (laughs) I don't understand how our side is racist there. We want more people. We want more people of all. I want them all to get a chance to live and maybe screw up their lives or maybe live the best life in the world. It doesn't matter. The point is everybody deserves a freaking chance. Life does matter. And at least we're moving in that direction here, I think.
0: Yeah, John, it is interesting. It's fascinating to hear these women. They're like very upset, melting down over the idea that they could be inconvenienced by having to go to another state in order to kill their own children.
3: Yeah, these people are not like us. I mean, they—they're just not. They hate everything that's natural, and like whether it's nature and you know the natural progression, or even the idea that life should have some meaning beyond like a checklist. This very hedonistic idea that like I'm alive and I just want to do drugs and party and maybe go see the Coliseum. It's like this very you know sort of immature idea. But like conservatives tend to have a much more uh, immaterial understanding of existence. Like we're here to serve God. We're here to have families. To dedicate our lives literally to like something other than ourselves. And that's why they have to melt down at this because liberalism, in my opinion, has always just been like the political ideology that is like divine narcissism. Like I'm going to liberate myself because I'm this hyper-autonomous individual and I don't have to be a part of a culture or a family or anything, it's just me, me, me. And so the ultimate like political manifestation of that would be to liberate yourself even from the consequences of your actions, which they'll say with like, oh, you know, it's socioeconomic factors, oh, whatever, excusing people for committing crimes. But now even the actions that would create another life to where you can now kill this life because it's inconvenient to you. Not even because your health is is in jeopardy, which they'll always argue because it's easier for optics, but they'll say because it's inconvenient to you. In like 99% of cases, I think it is. That's enough for um, the mother to be able to kill the child. And so that's like their crown jewel in terms of all of their accomplishments. And if that goes away, uh, that's going to drive a huge blow to their entire movement, I guess.
0: Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, All right. We got to take a quick break. We'll be back. to just kind of how to tackle uh, the left's response and how to refute it, uh, you know, in public or whatever. But but I want to first play, I would be remiss if I didn't play, Senator Karen Elizabeth Warren. Uh, just, I mean, just beside herself about this latest report. Watch. Senator, how,
3: how
0: are you feeling? I am angry. Angry and upset? Angry and upset and determined. Mm-hmm. The United States Congress can throw versus wave the law of the land. they just need to do it. I- I've never seen you so angry, you s- seem to be- This is what the Republicans have been working toward this day for decades. Mm-hmm. They yeah. have been out there plotting, carefully yes. mm-hmm. cultivating these Supreme Court justices mm-hmm. so they could have a majority on the bench who would accomplish something that the majority of Americans do not want. Mm. 69% of people across this country across this country, red states and blue
1: states, old people and young people want Roe versus Wade to maintain as the law of the land. We need to And we have a
0: right. Extremists? We've heard enough from the extremists. Oh, okay. That's that's good. That's good. We've heard enough from the extremists. We just want post-birth abortions. (laughs) But you're the extremists. (laughs) It's incredible.
2: Oh, it's so so agonizing. Uh, you know, look, uh, we, did we do all those things? Sure. Like, that's how you win. That's, it. that's, how, we, that's
0: how politics is. The like, absolute oh, oh, normal because, process. The left, because the left doesn't do that?
2: No, they don't have, they, <laughs> they're not, they don't curate any legal strategy right. whatsoever. Look, this is, uh, this is something that, of course, conservatives were very, very focused on since it started happening. And it's hard kind of not to be when we're talking about eight digits of people uh, who aren't around. Uh, so, yeah, it's been kind of a focus here. And this is a big part of it. The polling situation drives me crazy because polling, it's very, if you, if you say, do you want to overturn Roe versus Wade to the American people? She's right. There's a, a, a pretty large majority that say they do not want it overturned. However, what people think when they hear Roe versus Wade is uh, abortion will be l- illegal everywhere mm-hmm. uh, in every circumstance. Now, I, as a nonviolent uh, pro-life extremist, uh, do believe that that's how the situation should be. However, uh, polling does not align up with me, at least at this time. What I will say is when you ask people, hey, what do you want to happen? Do you want uh, abortion to move toward a situation with more restrictions or fewer? The majority of people say they want more restrictions from where we are now. Uh, If you look at the average European country, their abortion policy lines up about with Utah. Okay, so we are way to the left of pretty much everybody. People do—I don't think this is the right view—but people, generally speaking, do want, uh, in case of uh, rape, uh, incest, and potentially uh, first trimester. But. Opposition to abortion in the second and third trimester is among the most uniting things in our public discourse. Over 80 percent of people oppose it in the third trimester. This is not uh, what the, the Democrats are saying is their position is not mainstream, even for the average Democrat, they oppose this position, yet they can't even give that little thing. They can't even say, hey, look, how about just, you know, for health and life of the mother. They can't get there. They can't even do those basic things, uh, let alone get to, uh, I think, a, a place that is morally correct. Obviously, that's not a concern of theirs at this point.
0: Yeah. John.
3: It's a backwards country we live in. We live in hell. Like this, this lady, she looks like she would have been the sweetest grandma, but instead she's a United States senator, and she's like barking at us about like, oh, people won't be able to kill their babies. It's like, okay, and? Like this whole, they need to do it safely. No, like, you know, there are these women now that they're outside of the uh, Supreme Court, and they're holding up coat hangers and stuff, and it's like, yeah, Go ahead. Right, like,
0: if, if you do that and that ends up not working out for you, I, I don't well, feel bad for you. Yeah,
3: like, oh, my gosh, you're this terrible person who wants to kill babies and you died trying to do it.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I will say, too, you know, the hangar, I
2: suppose, is one option. A, a short flight is another. Right. Uh, this, there is nowhere in America you will be more than a two-hour flight away from an abortion in this if, if this actually happens. Now, I don't think that's a good thing. Right. But I will say this, even if... It becomes completely illegal and banned in every single state. It is a short flight to Mexico or Canada. and I get, guarantee you, our, our friend uh, Trudeau in Canada is not making abortion illegal anytime soon. Yeah. this is like this is why I keep stressing the, the point of making sure that people actually persuade others. It can't this is not going to be completely done. You know there are organizations in Europe and other places that send abortion pills to countries that have abortion bans all over the world and they get around these things. They will pay the left will pay to get these kids to not be born. Uh, So unless we convince people to not want that activity, this is gonna go on at some level, but every step in the right direction is a good one.
0: Yeah, all right, more when we come back. to quickly touch on something that that you just said, Stu, which is this claim that women are going to die if Roe v. Wade is overturned. They've got the coat hanger. They're going to die. This is from Occupy Democrats Twitter. There will be a coordinated effort by the Republicans to distract the media into focusing on the Supreme Court leaker. But we must not allow the most fundamental truth to be obscured here. Women will die as a direct result of conservatives repealing Roe. No, guys, actually, abortion is what kills women. Um, Every abortion. I'm not sure if you guys realize this. Every abortion results in the death of a child. Uh, yes, there are baby girls actually being killed during abortions. Women offer, often suffer horrible side effects that Planned Parenthood doesn't conveniently tell you about. Uh, prolonged bleeding, cramping, a perforated uterus. Abortion is not a routine medical procedure, and it definitely is not health care. So that's first of all. Uh, truth number two, there is never a circumstance where abortion is medically necessary to save the life of the mother. If the mother has a condition like cancer or preeclampsia, every effort is made to preserve the life of the mother and the child. The baby is usually delivered. In fact, sometimes the baby doesn't end up surviving, tragically, but every effort is made to deliver the baby early. Uh, The only exception is an ectopic pregnancy, where the baby is growing in a woman's fallopian tube. And uh, in this case, the baby has to be removed because it and the mother will not survive, but it is not a viable pregnancy. Okay, so I just want to remind everyone that, um, like, these are not actual facts that the left is giving. It's complete and total nonsense. Just, uh, I don't know, in case you want to share that with a family member or friend who seems to be backwards on this. Uh, Gentlemen, I appreciate you guys taking the time. We'll see you tomorrow.
2: Stream and subscribe to more Blaze
1: Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.